When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on the sports complex here on the Horn. Hour two on a Friday, on a 512 Friday. Coming up, we'll talk about the man himself. Greg Popovich goes to the Hall of Fame tomorrow. I want to tell you some stories about Greg Popovich, some fun from Greg Popovich, and why he is the GOAT of coaches in the NBA and possibly all sports. Also, brother A.D. Hernandez, he is a lead singer, guitar player from the Heebie Jeebies band that has been around town for a very long time. Also, the ADH Project is his latest project. He's going to be part of OBFest happening this Sunday at the Railhouse. He will be calling into the show. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his sports ties. We'll talk about his uh, his life in music and what he's got going on. All of that coming up here in the 6 o'clock hour here on the Sports Complex. Remember, you can join the conversation. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. You can join us there and hit me up on my social media, at It's Patrick Davis. Where to hit me up. Let's get in to Greg Popovich, and let's start off with just stating the the the, the elephant in the room. Not even the elephant, it's just it's the fact that will give us a starting point discussing Greg Popovich. That Greg Popovich is the all-time winningest coach in NBA history with 1,364 wins. That's a lot of wins. Number one all-time in wins in, in the NBA. This is from a guy who distills will tell people that he does not belong as a head coach in the NBA. He's he says, oh, you know, I'm a head coach, but I'm not a Hall of Fame guy. I'm a D3 coach from his humble beginnings as a D3 coach. But let's kick things off. Get us in the mood for how to be surly enough to be Greg Popovich. By playing a little montage of some of the best Greg Popovich in-game interviews. For when they introduced something that most coaches felt was ridiculous and repetitive and not necessary. And what they did was they complained. What Greg Popovich did was give bad interviews. How happy were you with the shot selection even though they came back? Happy? Reasonable. Happy? Uh, we got to keep our heads up and keep playing. Thanks, Pop. No second question. I'm, None. I'm hurt. <laughs> Thanks very much, Pop. Your impressions of the first quarter? We're behind and they're ahead. Why is that? They scored more than we did and we were pretty crappy on defense. It's been fun. Praise. I don't want praise. Okay. Then. I want a question so I can get back to my team. Okay, a minute into this game, you took Tony Parker out and put in Patty Mills. Why? Because I wanted to. That's Greg Popovich coming out of the locker room. Coach, what do you got to get? back to and then he shamed me mark <laughs> he said he said at least we're down three we're playing the nba champions we're not turning the ball over we're not sending them to the free throw line i am thrilled with where we are at yeah, how do you slow that down in the second quarter well we uh you know hopefully they won't make five more threes in the second quarter but that that's tough how do you get you guys to make some more shots all right ladies and uh, I'll, I'll ask them to make the shots. Thanks. There's Pop at his surliest in-game interviews. 
And if you just take him at that and you don't see the whole time and the whole picture of Greg Popovich, you may not get the image of the man. But Greg Popovich was a guy who went to the Air Force, played for the Air Force team, realized that his basketball career was not going to go much further than playing in college, ends up being a D3 coach. Pomona Pitzer. Pomona Pitzer is where he coached. Didn't really have a budget. Couldn't pay him much. There was a point where they said, like, hey, man, we can't really pay you that much. Like, you could go do better. And he said, I'm happy here. I'm happy because I really feel like I'm making a difference in these in these guys' lives. And that's what he wanted to do. He was happy being in a place where he, you know, he could have his family. He could have a nice – he could be in this community. He could feel that he was making a difference, however small. He felt that he could make a difference. Then he meets Larry Brown. Larry Brown kind of takes him under his wing, and Larry he takes a, a leave of a year to go work with Larry Brown in Kansas. Larry Brown basically starts to take him under his wing, and when Larry Brown goes to the Spurs, he brings Pop along with him, and everybody uh, in the NBA and in the Spurs basically doesn't know why this guy is here. But he proves himself. Proves himself. Goes in, starts coaching well. He starts doing things with the team, you know, starts helping out. And this is around he, – he, because he coached from 79 to 88 at Pomona and Pitzer. This is early 90s, late 80s, early 90s with the Spurs. He gets fired from the Spurs. Larry Brown's gone. He's gone. He ends up in Golden State working with Avery Johnson. So that's where that connection really builds. If they worked together when they were at the Spurs and they worked together – and then a little bit of unknown or not really talked about. It's known, but it's not really talked about Spurs history. People say it went Red McCombs, Peter Holt as, as owners of the Spurs. But there was a period in time when Red McCombs was going to sell the Spurs and Peter Holt wasn't necessarily ready to buy the team yet. He was an investor. He was one of the people that was buying into the team. But it took a group of investors to basically go buy the team for Red McCombs so the team did not get bought by somebody who was taking it out of San Antonio. The guy who leads that, is a guy named General McDermott. He ran the USAA branch in San Antonio. He was a major part of USAA, and they were a major investor that kept Greg Popovich in San Antonio. And kept, sorry, kept the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. So General McDermott, though, was an Air Force guy, and he knew Greg Popovich from his time at the Air Force. So when he's when they're hiring a new general manager, and Greg Popovich applies, one of the reasons he gets the interview and gets in is because Gerald McDermott says, man, I may not know a lot about basketball, but I know people and I know leaders. And that man is a leader. And so he gets in, he gets the interview, the people like him, he gets the job, he becomes a general manager of the Spurs. Spurs start to build up. They have that 95 season where everybody's expecting everything. To, uh, David Robinson wins the MVP. The Rockets are just better. Akeem Olajuwon goes in there, embarrasses him. Dennis Rodman tanks a season. There's a long storied feud with Dennis Rod with Popovich and Dennis Rodman. But it goes that Popovich appoints himself as head coach. They finish a poor season. They get the number one draft pick. And they draft Tim Duncan. And this is a little story from Steve Kerr talking about what Pop thinks about Tim Duncan to this day. I have told you this story, but um you know, when I have dinner with Greg Popovich, um, literally every dinner when we sit down and the wine is, is poured, he says, here's to Tim Duncan. And, um, and his point is, without Tim, none of that happens. That's how Pop, still to this day, apparently cheers every time he uh, sits down to dinner, is here's to Tim Duncan. So the man knows. 
The man knows. But Tim Duncan will tell you that he credits Pop a lot with bringing him into the NBA and getting him ready to go. That Tim Duncan talks about right when the draft was happening and everything, and Popovich knows they have their one pick. So he goes to the Virgin Islands, goes, meets Tim's parents. He goes, and, and Tim's dad was in poor health at the time. He goes, sits, and talks to him on the beach, goes to where Tim is comfortable to start a relationship, to build a relationship. Because he understands this man is about to walk into something very foreign. And he's going to have his walls up, and he's not going to be comfortable. So let me go to where he is. Let me take the pressure off. Let's not make this too formal that I'm a head coach, general manager in the NBA. Hey, man, I'm, we're just coming to hang out and talk to you. Tim Duncan said year later, years later, he didn't realize this wasn't what everybody did. He thought, oh, I guess all coaches in the NBA do this. No, that's Pop. Pop who wants to make a personal connection because he knows I can't coach you if you don't trust me. If you don't trust me, if you don't respect me, I can't coach you the way I need to coach you. And that's kind of how he goes through life. That's kind of how Pop does it. Pop understands that you have to you have to have respect and you have to have trust. And you have to have humility. And you can't ever get too big for it. And one of the things Pop is known for for so many years is that he loves to go out and wine and dine people. Massive uh, fan of wine, massive fan of food. And there's a story of how he would, there's multiple stories of how when the NBA would send over uh, NBA, NBA, the people, coaches from other uh, countries. And basically, they would tell the NBA teams, hey, you got to go take these guys out, show them the town, get a photo op. And basically, they would send out the film guy or send out some assistant and go, hey, man, go take him down, show him the restaurant, do whatever. We're not going to do it. But Pop makes a big deal about it, takes him out, shows him, introduces him to everybody, does everything. And those guys, and because he loves it, because he wants to do it. And then he talks to them and he picks their brain about basketball. He doesn't make it about he's a great coach. He makes it, well, I want to learn because I want to learn from you because there may be something that we don't know. One of these dinners he has is with representatives from the Argentinian team. And when nobody else is really scouting this young kid named Manu Ginobili, they're telling Popovich, hey, you need to start scouting this kid. Go over and start watching him. Start sending over scouts because, hey, we'll just tell you, this kid's going to be special. So that's how the Spurs get the, the first line on Manu Ginobili. That's how they're scouting him and feel good taking him at number 58 overall, letting him sit overseas for a little bit. But that's how you do it because Pop had the foresight to treat people with respect, to show them the humility of being a coach, and earn their trust. And that's what he built. Shaq tells a story that when Shaq was playing at Cole High School, his, he couldn't afford the type of shoes that were just too big, so you had to get them special made. You couldn't find them. And so his dad, in an attempt to try and find shoes, went to the Spurs to ask if they had any shoes. And Greg Popovich says, he hits it off with Shaq's dad, gives him some shoes. Says, here, you got these size 18, size 19 shoes. We have some for you. Go take these. Wish you the best of luck. Mike Brown, assistant coach, now the coach of the Sacramento Kings, tells a story about how when he was separating from his wife, he was just starting out with the Spurs, and he's supposed to be scouting. And the team plane is on one side of the – airport on and he's trying to get his kids onto a plane to go back to their mother on another side of the airport and it's kind of taking some time and the kids are not feeling and the kids don't want to go and they're crying and he's calling pop and saying hey man i look i'll be i'll be there i'll be there i promise i'll be there i'm just dealing with this and dealing with the kids and pop goes no no, no spend time with the kids we'll be fine and he says no no no, i'll be there and he goes don't worry about it and he goes no no i look it's my scout i'll be i have responsibility i will get the kids taken care of 
And Pop says, if you show up on this plane, you're fired. You take care of your family first. Because he understands about respect. He understands about trust. And he knows that Mike Brown can be a piece of this team for years to come. Now, Mike Brown may be a guy who will continue to call plays when they play against him in the NBA Finals that the Spurs know and help the Spurs sweep the Cavs and win the Spurs another NBA title. That too. But Mike Brown shows you the humility of Pop to say, look, we'll, we'll, we'll carry the load. Pop can also be sarcastic, trying to break the ice with guys. And when you have a reputation, he does. Sometimes it can uh, result in people not understanding that he was joking. Here's a story from Jock Landell about when he first came to the Spurs. I will say that like my first my first week in the facility, he came to me and I kind of sit back on it now. I'm like, I was probably sarcastic, but he, he came to me the first practice and he was like, right, I want you to do like a five-minute presentation on the – Joe Biden infrastructure bill that's about to be passed for like $3 trillion. And I was like, is this guy serious? Like, I don't even know if he's serious. So I went home and like in my notebook, like writing down this full speech about it. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then like a week passed, I didn't say anything, a week passed. And I was like, Pop, like I got this speech written down. Like I put some serious time into this. You want me to make this speech? What's going on? And he was like, oh, I was being sarcastic. But now that, you're, now that I know that, you are for sure telling us about this. So... <laughs> I had to get in front of the whole group and not read it out of this notepad. And I was just like, like, I definitely could have dodged that. But like- yeah. <laughs> There's Pop asking Jock Landell to do a report on an a infrastructure bill. Jock Landell does it. And when he finds out that he actually did it, he makes him give the presentation. Just joking around with guys, just being friends. But this is Popovich and how he gets to coach and how he can get respect, how he can build relationships, that Jock Lindell, after that point, they can have a different relationship, and he can coach him in a different way because Pop understands the keys to being a great leader. It's what makes him what he's able to do. 2010 playoffs, the Spurs lose 103-81 to in Game 5 to the Mavs in the first round. Team is freaking out. They don't know. They, they just get molly in a game. What are you going to do? Pop immediately calls a restaurant, gets all the tables set, gets a rooms for them, has dinner with everybody. Brings them all in. Talk about anything but basketball. Tomorrow we'll talk basketball. We're not watching game film. We're not doing that. We're going to talk about people for a little bit and get away from it. Have your family here. Let's go be people for a night, and let's just wipe this off, and let's wake up tomorrow and go attack it. After game six of the 2013 finals, they had a dinner planned. They thought they were winning the championship. They knocked on wood, and it they did it before they said it. I told you you can't do that. You have to do it after you say it. They did that. 2013, Ray Allen sinks a dagger. They have dinner planned. Team dinner celebration. After the game, everyone's like, well, I guess dinner's off. Pop's like, no, no, no. We need to go, and we need to go back, and we need to clear our mind. So they all go and have dinner, and Pop stands at the door and introduces and talks and welcomes everybody in there. Tells them what they did good. Builds up confidence. Has the families there. Builds up. Builds this team up, and they didn't win that series. They lose the series. And if you talk to the players, they'll say it's a big reason why that team was ready to attack next year. It's a reason they had the confidence to go in and win another NBA Finals in 2014. Then you hear Doris Burke talk about after that game in 2013 when they lose the Finals, and she's walking out of the arena and Pop's walking out of the arena. Doris Burke says, I realize I'm on a path that we're going to cross, and I don't want to talk to him because he's – Clearly going to be pissed off. She walks out. Pop walks out. She puts her head down, trying not to make anything. Pop grabs her by the shoulder and says, hey, how you doing, Doris? What are you doing now that the offseason's up? 
She's like, oh, I may go to Napa Valley. He goes, oh, you know what? Call my assistant. I'll give you all the places to go to. We'll hook you up. And he does. He does. Because that's who Popovich is. And that's what makes him special. That's what puts him in a different camp. Because so much of what people can see is Popovich being political, Popovich being intense. But there is this other side to Greg Popovich that earns a trust. And one of the funnest parts about Pop is that the reports are over and over again. If you can't laugh, if you can't laugh at yourself, you're probably not going to work on the Spurs, which is a weird thing to think for a basketball team. But this is apparently one of the tenets to the Spurs way that has worked for so long, which may be a reason why Kawhi Leonard did not work on the Spurs, which may be a reason why as good as Steven Jackson was, he could not continue to work on the Spurs, that some of these guys didn't have the ability to have the humility that you need to have into these organizations to make it work the Spurs way. You can still be a great player, but it may not work in this system. And if you can find a guy who wants to learn, who has that humility, you can make him grow. There's a great story, great story from Richard Jefferson. And I had to censor this a lot because Richard Jefferson was clearly not on TV when he said this. This is a story from Richard Jefferson about Pop in a timeout. So you say all the nice things about Pop. You say all the great things about Pop. This is Pop in the intensity of a game. And the other part, the other factor of Pop that makes him a great coach. Uh, I was playing for the Spurs, and so, you know, he's got one of the quickest timeouts, and guys were BSing. Matt Bonner goes to check into the game, right? Now, while he's at the scorer's table, right, he's at the scorer's table, the team is messing up. So Coach Pop calls a timeout. Everyone comes down to the bench, and so then Matt sits on the bench with the other four guys and one person that he was checking out for. So Pop is on one of those moments. He's like, Tony, what the f- are you doing you better get back on fire and he's just going down the line lighting everybody up so he tony what the f- manu if you do one more of those f-ing left-handed threes i swear to god it's like pop i'm left-handed i don't give a d- manu tim if we have to fight he's just going down the line now he gets to matt bonner right and he gets the matt bonner now matt hasn't played matt was at the scores table he's going down the line and he gets the matt bonner he's like and matt you're just a and just lights into him and matt's like me i ain't even been in the game what do you mean before it was one of the funniest moments i had ever had and i think it was in the first half because afterwards in this uh, at halftime coach pop comes back into the locker room he's like yeah blank you still matt like and everyone starts laughing but that that clip just reminded me of that where pop it didn't matter anyone could get it if you were sitting there in that bench he was gonna find a reason he's like i wouldn't even in the game so love that story gave me a flashback there you go. I appreciate Richard Jefferson saying blank at the end after saying that for 12 times in that clip. But that's a pop story. That's what it is. We've heard from guys that they would hate that Tim Duncan will be the guy at the end of the bench, and he would start by yelling at Tim Duncan. And then he would come down and yell at you, and you go, well, he would just yell at Tim. Then I have to take it. I have to just be the one to yell at because Tim Duncan's not getting mad at it. Then I got to deal with it. And it's funny because he finally gets his opportunity to coach in the Olympics to be the head coach, and it was kind of after when he should have been it, but it just the timing didn't work out. He finally gets his time. They win the gold medal, and at the end of it, he just gives his speech, and it is about two minutes, so I don't want to play it because it goes a little bit long. And the, the key about it is another cuss word. But Popovich gives the entire speech talking about how people how the people didn't believe in them, how people weren't sold on this, this team, and then when they underperformed early on, then people wrote them off, and people said this was going to be the worst Olympic team and everything else. 
And he gives this whole speech, and you see the team kind of standing around. And he finishes the speech by saying, well, to all those people, I just want to ask you, how the bleep do you like us now? And the whole locker room erupts. And how you can get a group of guys that are all stars in the league to kind of sit back and go, look, man, we're all stars, but we respect you. And we is how you treat them with respect, why you treat them with humility, that it does mean the world to you. But at the end of the day, hey, man, we're all still competitors. And Pop is one of the fiercest competitors in the league. And that's why you feel comfortable with him working with Victor Wimanyama, who seems to be a hell of a competitor in himself. I want to leave you with one last story about Popovich. And this is a great story from Boris Diaw. They were doing at Tony Parker's uh, jersey retirement. Tony Parker also going to the Hall of Fame. We'll give him his own segment. We'll give him some love at another time. I just wanted to talk about Pop because he is the GOAT. And, and really, for someone like me, has meant a lot to my life personally as a Spurs fan, being the one of the masterminds to build this team. So Boris Diaw tells a story about a Christmas dinner when, you know, it's during the regular season, uh, a lot of the family for Boris Diaw, for Tony Parker, are back in France, so they can't really go home. So they, they're kind of, Pop invites, all, invites them over for dinner, invites them to come over and have Christmas dinner with him. And at a point in dinner, uh, they notice that Pop and Tony are gone, and this is where Boris Diaw takes over. Pop disappeared, Tony disappeared. I'm like, where are they at? So... I go look around the house. I like snooping around. Um, and then I see Pop doing film with Tony about the game the night before. I'm like, we're on Christmas. People eating dinner. And Pop, just like you just uh, apologized, was yelling at Tony. But then I go, oh, look that. You look, you missed this shot and turn over the ball. How can you do that? And I'm like, wow. So I was like in the same night. You could have the family setting, all the loving and care, and at the same time caring about making Tony a better player on Christmas night. That really kind of sums it up for Pop, is he is the guy to go, hey, I want your whole family to come over for dinner, and I'm going to take you aside and yell at you about film. That's why Pop's one of the greats. Hall of Fame ceremony airs this Saturday at 7 on NBA TV. Gene Best, Gary Blair, Pau Gasol, former Spur, Becky Hammond, of course, great for Silver Stars. David Hickson, Gene Keedy, Dirk Nowitzki, Jim Valvano, Dwayne Wade, the whole 1976 U.S. Women's Olympic team that set the pace. And, of course, Tony Parker and Greg Popovich going in. That's where it's going to be, 7 p.m. On, uh, on NBA TV on Saturday night. Greg Popovich, the GOAT, responsible for one of the reasons why I am here today is because of my love of the Spurs and how fun he's made it. But teaching people how to be great leaders, and if you want to be a coach or a leader – you may not agree with everything he does, but if you look at not even being coach, but being a person in life, whatever you do, if you can learn to treat people with respect and kindness the way Pop does, and then expect the best out of everyone, you will be able to have real friendships that mean something special, and you'll be able to make the world a little better place in whatever you do. We come back. Eddie Hernandez from the ADH Project talking about Ovi Fest, talking about his love of sports, talking about a whole lot more. We come back here on the Horn Sports Complex. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn.
took the time to get it right, right, right. This type of love happened overnight. Let that play out a little bit. Some ADH Project there for you. Welcome back to the Sports Complex here on the Horn. ADH Project playing a part of OB Fest happening this Sunday at the Railhouse. AD Hernandez helping out playing with ADH Project, playing part, hosting the jam, the Overlord Family Band, and one of the uh, best musicians, I'll say, one of the best or most uh, positive, I don't know how to phrase this, but one of the best guys you've seen in the Austin music scene for probably the last 15 to 20 years. He has been killing it. And he joins me on the phone right now on the Vicaros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Please welcome A.D. Hernandez to the line. A.D., how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing so good, Patrick. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, brother. Doing good. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I know we're going to be out there having a blast. Oh, yeah. But let's start, oh, yeah. let's start off before we get to Sunday. Let's start off yeah, by telling yeah. the people a little bit more about you. You were in a band called the Heebie-Jeebies. When did the Heebie-Jeebies form and come in Austin? Wow, uh, man, that was in the, the early 90s. We did, uh, I first moved to Austin like, a, like in 90, 91. And then uh, the band really got cooking around 95. That's when we, were, we started touring and, uh, you know, and got, uh, we ended up getting uh, kind of picked up through the industry and, uh, and toured quite a bit and just, uh, and played ev- anywhere and everywhere, man. We were like, we were like the hustlers, man. Back then we played <laughs> anywhere. Back there then? was a PA. Back I'm then saying, you were the hustlers. Just, I think you're, you've been the hustler <laughs> since then. You still the hustler, man. We're, we just love to play, man. That's really what it is. We enjoy playing for people, man. That's, that's where it all comes from. But yeah, man, that's kind of like where we got our jump, you know, uh, around the Austin and then we ended up touring around the U S a little bit. And then, you know, uh, things came to an end and we just kept going, uh, changed the name of band revamped and got back out there again and just been doing it ever since still. Just, yeah. Cause how long have you been doing ADH project now? Man. Uh, try, I was trying to date it. Cause, uh, even when we're, we we're still doing the heebie jeebies, I was doing a little side project. Yeah. I had other, uh, I had other songs that I was writing that necessarily didn't fit us. And man, I was, I was lucky to do some, uh, some like, uh, residencies there in Austin on the off days, like a Monday or a Tuesday with, uh, like Brandon Temple, Michael Hurdy. Nice. Um, uh, and you know, we just formed these little other, other little groups and, uh, yeah, man, we did that all at the one-to-one with the help of Greg Ware and destiny. And, uh, you know, they, they just helped kind of you know, move that along. And then eventually when the heaps kind of defunct, that's when I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and create the, uh, you know, the ADH as a permanent stay. Um, and then I released all that music. So yeah, man, just kept moving. There you go. Had yeah. Keep moving. Cause the album spectrum came out in uh, 2015 and that's, yeah, that, if you yeah. want to go check out, that's available wherever you get it is, uh, is ADH project is how you find it. Uh, which yeah. if you get the if you get the play now, his name is eighty eight. His name is eighty Hernandez, but it's yeah. the eighty is the number. It's confusing when we say it; it's not written down. But you can find it online. Yeah, you can I, find that. <laughs> but eighty's been yeah, yeah. 80's been someone in the scene that you always you know see with a smile and a hug, and that was something that MC Overlord was too. And so we do LV Fest. It, we do LV Fest every year, and I've been lucky to have eighty on a couple of these bills. And this year, I text him with. With putting together, you know, helping put together this jam to, to you know, celebrate the life of MC Overlord, and then 
you know, everything happened here at the radio station. And so I got more preoccupied, but Eddie Hernandez has been handling everything for me uh, wonderfully. <laughs> so, but Eddie, tell the people what they can expect on Sunday from, from ADH and from the gym. Well, this, this really is, I mean, you said, you know, you just said it, uh, hugs and, and smiles, man. I mean, uh, that's basically what you're going to see. Cause that's what we learned. You know, my, my first, encounter with Ovi was uh, my friend Michael Erty, my good friend Michael Erty, introduced me when I first moved to Austin to Ovi. And, you know, he took me to the steamboat. I walked in, met this guy who was larger than life, man. Who <laughs> in, in both ways. In both ways, like literally, <laughs> man. The guy's like, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm a 5'3". He's what I don't even remember, man. It, to me, he was like 10 feet tall at the time when I met him. But, you know, the first thing he did, he didn't even say anything. The first thing he did was give me a hug. That was like, that was like his trademark. You know what I mean? He was like, come here, man. Give me, you know, and he would hug you to the point where you couldn't even breathe. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, it was just always that, that acceptance. And no matter what kind of music you played or what you did or who you were, what level, he always gave respect and love. And, man, I learned that from him and all, all the people that came you know, uh, around him that performed with him. Uh, I just learned that I learned, I learned it from them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. and, and that's what you're going to see. You're going to see that on Sunday, man. You're going to see a lot of that, you know, everyone celebrating. We, we all miss him dearly, man. I mean, you might, you'll see some tears too, man, because people are going to be reflecting, but the reality is, man, he was always a very uplifting, very positive person, man. And, uh, you know, it was something that I'm I, I'm honored to be doing the show, man, and you know, and to to keep his spirits alive and and uh, you know, just keep it family like he always had it. You know, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, he, and that's and that's the like what? what we have with with MCO. Like when we talk about you know on the show, and then I know Rob Babers used to ask me. He would ask. He's like, so with, with the live music capital of the world and and how people are treated, and the scene has changed you know, crazily over the last 20, 30 years in Austin. MC Overlord was one of those guys who kept it going as much as he could throughout the years by trying to help out young bands and trying to, and, you know, if you had a benefit show, he was always the first one who would jump on board. He was just that guy. And and so this is something where it's fun for for all of us to kind of continue to keep giving back to a legacy of a guy who taught us how to do things the right way. And so you just always want to, you know, keep you to not only remember MC Overlord, but remember what he taught us of, hey, man, you know, the scene only dies when we let it die completely. It's never going to be the same as what it was. But as long as we keep helping young bands and we keep helping each other and we keep pushing, then we can keep uh, our piece of Austin music alive. And and that's why it's so great with that he's doing. You know, we've got a full lineup of bands that are going to be out there. And uh, and when I say we, too, I, I help put this on originally but you know the help of uh greg ware at the Railhouse and kyle and anthony who helps give us a venue and and to the bands that play we have white mylar which is the next generation of vallejo <laughs> they got some of the next yeah, so vallejo kids yeah. rafe marie uh, uh it's a it's a that band is awesome uh we played them a little bit earlier uh we have Derek davis band which Derek davis is one of the bands yeah. that uh that overlord worked with plenty and he's so talented and so good uh, Graffiti Funk is making their debut with Les Fisher, which if you ever saw MC Overlord and Les Fisher together, you probably got uh, slapped on the back of the head or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but that'll be happening. And then ADH Project and The Jam. 
and just a bunch of great, you know, Trey God the MC and Doc Deuce and Mike Dill and, and, and Father Rhyme, all those guys hopping up with you. And then Tomar uh, Williams, who played with Don back uh, years and years and years ago. He, we, yeah, I, met, I met him a few years back. We just were telling stories about Overlord for years, uh, for, for, for hours. And so I asked him, and he's like, yeah, man, I don't have a gig. Let's go out, and I'm going to hop up, and he's going to hop up. Kevin Flat in the horn section is going to be out there. Uh, it is going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, man. Uh, if you can make it, come on out. Please do. Uh, and you can get a taste of what, you know, a little bit of Austin, Austin uh, history and, and uh, you know, the future, really. You're going to see it all. You get to see yeah. all in one night, man. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, all right, but now we have you on the phone, AD. And we know, I know because <laughs> hanging out with you, that you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I also oh, know yeah, you man. are not from Pittsburgh. No, sir. <laughs> I know. I'm fully well, aware that you are not. Yeah, man. Since I was a little kid, you know, my my dad took us to a to a uh, game, and I just saw them run out of the you know out of the the little dressing room or whatever. They See, came out onto that, the field. And, that's how you tell musicians just, versus sports dude, people. Like, yeah, they're, they're they're backstage. Yeah. You know, backstage where they're, it's a locker room. Come on, man. My dad's like, yeah, no, I can't, I can't help it. My dad's like, that's not the, that's not the Cowboys, that's not the Cowboys, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and he's like, that's the wrong team, son, that's the wrong team. And I just stayed with them, man. I stayed with them all those years, you know. And uh, they've always been a great team, man, a great franchise. They're always fun to watch, and and, uh, and I'm excited about this year, man. I think, I think this year we'll we'll uh, we'll turn the corner and be a, a much better team, and. You know, I'm hoping for playoffs, and that'll be enough for me for the are, team. Are you on? Are you? Be a, are you on board with Kenny Pickett at the quarterback position? Uh, you know what? He showed he showed that he can do it, man. At the end of last year, he started. He wheeled a couple of games. You know, he uh, at first I was I wasn't. I'll be honest. I was uh, just like everyone else, man. Uh, I thought they were choosing too close to home with him being from you know right there in the same locker room and. College. You know, just in the same building, I just thought maybe they're just doing this because he's right there. They know, you know? Him, yeah. Yeah, and I, I and and it kind of kind of scared me, but you know, he's he's really shown uh, to be a great quarterback. He's going to be a good quarterback. He's got got the potential to be a great quarterback, uh, but we'll find out this year. This is going to be the the real test. You know, um, he's going to start the season, and and we're going to see. We're yeah. gonna see what he what he's really made of, and you know, of course, being a Steelers fan, I you know I gotta say, yeah, he's gonna do it. We're gonna win. We're gonna win it all. You know, just being a fan, but <laughs> uh, but, but you know, being a realistic, it, being realistic about it, it's like, you know, he's got to show it, and he kind of did the last you know six seven games of last season. He really, you know, when the team when it was when it was the turn for the quarterback to take over the game and win the game, he actually did it. You know what I mean? And that, to me, really shows the, the sign of a winner, you know, and, and uh, I like how he handled himself, you know, throughout the season. You know, it, it uh, he, he seems to be a good guy. So, we'll, you know, we're hoping. I'm there you hoping go. for it, The, the AFC North yeah. is going to be crazy this year because Cleveland could have a resurgent oh, year. Cincinnati we know is always good. We saw Joe Burrow back on the field today, so his injury's yeah. not that bad. Lamar Jackson coming back with the new contract. I will give the Steelers this. Woo. They probably have the best coach. Mike Tomlin is a hell of a coach, so I'll give the Steelers yeah. this. I, I do want to – so if you're a Steelers fan, though, 
I know you choose them. You chose them because they weren't, and they're not the Cowboys. What? What's? What's? <laughs> do you? Are you a? Are you hating? Are you a hater of the Steelers' rivals, or are you just anti-Cowboys? No, I'm not even anti-Cowboy man. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm just Steelers fan, and I, then I'm a player. You know, I like players, and you know, and out. I can say, you know, I don't really hate any teams. I don't hate the Cowboys. You know, I, I don't really get into the, the rivalries as much as, like, most fans. I, I just want to see a good game, man. I'm really into the sport. Like, I like the sport. You know what I mean? I yeah. really – I like close games. I don't like blowouts. Uh, I, I want to I be on the edge of my seat when I see a game, you know. So, you know, I, I'm not that I root for the other team, but, like, you know, I'll, if, if it's interception or – you know, a, a good block or anything, I'm like, man, that, you know, respect. Because I love the game. I really do love the game. And, and I just want to see, you know, everyone do well, but I want my team to win in the end. So, you know, unfortunately, someone's got to lose. But there's no hate, man. <laughs> there's no there's hate. No hate there's no hate there's on 80. No hate. 80 don't hate no, nobody. Man, I, let me ask you, did you ever play sports? I know you're a smaller guy. I did. I, I did. I, I Man, I played every sport I could until, you know, the sport outgrew me, which you know, you're right. I'm sure <laughs> you're right. I'm short, man. Junior high, I played a little football and I played baseball every year I possibly could. And then, you know, once I got into high school, I dropped baseball and got into, you know, music, all the music uh, classes I could get into, you know, theory and then jazz band and all the good stuff. And then, uh, and then, you know, once I got out, started touring. So, uh, but yeah, I love sports, man. I, you know, basketball, baseball, anything we could play. We, we, me and my brothers always played. So there you go. Love right. it. Well, yeah. so they can come out and see you, uh, Sunday at the rail house for LV fest. The show's going to start at four. You guys are going on at eight. They can come out there. We know that. Where else yes, can they sir. find you? Where's the best place to find you online? If they want to check out some more ADH project and what do you got coming up? Absolutely. Yeah. You can find us, you know, at, uh, com. You can, or, any of the social, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or streaming, it's just ADH project, eight zero H project. So you can find me that way. Uh, and as far as stuff coming up next Tuesday, we head out to Nashville that we're going to be heading out that way. We're doing, uh, four shows in three days. Um, and meeting with some, some people in the industry just to, uh, get stuff kind of, you know, recapped, uh, and, Get, you know, move forward again. I, I a year ago, actually, a September 1st will be a year since my heart surgery. There you go. So already, yeah, it's already been a year. So That's crazy. You know, I took took a almost a year, complete year off. And then um, so, you know, kind of just out of, out of the industry type stuff. So uh, we're going back to kind of rekindle some stuff and, and just slowly but surely get back out on the road and and then make another run in October to new Orleans and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, you can find me online anywhere. They're streaming live music. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure yeah, we'll man. see you around plenty more. We have to get you back. We may have you performing here one day. Once we get to, we moved in a new place. We oh, may have you come great. in and perform for us at some point too. Eddie Hernandez. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you out Sunday. Yeah. I'll be out there Sunday at the rail house. He'll be out there Sunday at the rail house. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us, Eddie. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Eddie Hernandez there, ADH Project. You can check that out, uh, com. That's the number 80H Project is where you can check that out. We come back, we'll wrap it up here on Last Call.
on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 101.9 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Went over there talking to 80, but always a good time talking to 80 Hernandez. We are almost out of time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate everybody on the Specs text sign, everybody who joins us online on the web. We appreciate all you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week, starting on Monday, 5 p.m. We'll be back here with more Sports Complex. Until then, be kind to each other, take care of each other, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.